first of all, what you want to do, what makes you happy. A lot of people go into things for money. And when you do that, you already kind of lost because when things go wrong, Welcome back to Young Smart Money with me, your host, Apple Kreider. Today, we are sitting down with Spectacular Smith to talk about the three skills that every entrepreneur needs. Now, Spectacular's got a really interesting story, okay? This dude started a business when he was 11 years old that was bringing in more income for him than the average American um, today, which is absolutely crazy. He was in a boy band that went platinum, which is also crazy. Um, and he's done a lot of really massive things at this point. He's got an eight-figure business that he runs um, as well. So he's absolutely crushing the game. Um, he's got an entire tribe of people behind him that support him. He's got a crazy, crazy um, dedicated tribe um, in, in everything that he does. So I'm super stoked to have the opportunity to sit down with him today and allow him to share how he was able to scale to that eight-figure mark and uh, what he's doing today to allow him to continue to thrive. Um, and then also the three skills that are essential for you to master if you do want to see success as an entrepreneur. This is the episode for you. So I'm super stoked to get into it. I don't wanna waste any more of your time. So without further ado, we're gonna welcome Spectacular Smith to Young Smart Money. All right, Spectacular. Welcome to Young Smart Money. How are you doing today? And I'm doing just fine, man. Just uh, it's always busy days for me, man. Just, just working. Absolutely, man. So our listeners got to hear a bit about you in the intro, but for those of them that aren't as familiar with who you are and what you're doing right now, give us a quick like snapshot of where you are right now. Yeah, so pretty much I'm focusing on my program, uh, which is my academy. I'm a strong believer in if I feel a certain way about something, I want to do something about it. I'm not like a talker where mm. people talk about a lot of things that they don't like the way things are going and they do nothing about it but talk. And if they decide they want to do something, they procrastinate on it. So I'm not one of those individuals. So I decided to launch my academy, Spectacular Academy, and pretty much change the way schools are teaching because I feel like the way schools are teaching right now and the things that they're talking about is not necessarily uh, good for the entrepreneurs who want to launch businesses or even teach things that you need to know in real life like leadership like credit uh, you know how to sell through personalities and dealing with people and managing a, a spread a, a, a balance sheet and, and profit what's a profit and loss like you know they don't they don't really understand that or teach these things about credit and things that can really benefit your life and impact your life as an entrepreneur and I feel that the school systems are angled around workers mm. and a lot of people don't know they originally started schools to have somewhere for the people who was workers, kids to go somewhere while they were, while they was at work. So it was always for this type of situation, right? You, your parents go to work and you go to school while they're at work and it teaches you how to get ready to be a worker. So now they can work in the factories also but nothing ever changed. Everything is always evolving in the world, but the only thing having evolved like that is the school system. It's still the same old school systems from back when it first started. So I feel like it's a time for it to evolve and not only involve, but involve for things and in ways in a way that it can impact 
the world and the entrepreneurs who want to provide more jobs for the people who are going to the traditional schools for them to create more opportunities for people who need need work. 100%. Spectacular. Speaking my language, man. I'm stoked to dive into this. So I like to start off all the interviews by sort of flashing back in time because uh, most of the listeners here are on the younger side. So I want to hear about your upbringing. I know you got an interesting story um, in the music industry as well, but like talk to us about like middle school and high school years, first of all. Like what were you doing at that age? What were you up to? Man, high school, middle school. Whew, middle school, I was actually... <laughs> I was actually a guy who went to school. I was I was always a jokester. I, l- I love to have fun, man. I, no matter what position I am in life, like I want to have fun, mm. and enjoy myself. So I used to always be the guy they called the class clown in trouble uh, <laughs> almost every day. But it was at one point that I just seen some of the kids always was talking about they was hungry, they was starving in class. It's like man, he was trying to always get out of class just to go to the go to. Uh, go buy some candy or something like that. So I seen a huge opportunity at that time to, to sell some candy and, and get the kids some some food and stuff during class, even though I knew I wasn't supposed to be selling it, but everybody kept talking about how hungry they was. So I was like, all right, cool. I bought like $45 worth of candy to school and, and sold out by second period in Miami, <laughs> in Miami, Florida called Kara City. And pretty much we got seven periods. So Imagine being sold out by the second period. I got five more periods to go, and everybody's like, Speck, you don't have no more candy? You don't have no more candy? I was like, yeah, dog, I don't have no more candy. I don't. So they used to just give it to me, man. Oh, man, I thought you said you had candy. <laughs> so I decided to get some people to work with me, man. I, I went around the school, and I recruited 10 people to work for me. And uh, I'm 11 years old at the time, but I just didn't want to get aggravated. by People keep asking me if they – you know, did I have candy? So I wanted to get some workers. And I told him, listen, I'll pay you $20. You sell this candy, you know, uh, for a week. And at the end of the week, if you sell a lot more than three times in that week, I give you additional $5. So to a kid that's 11 years old in the, in the sixth grade, $25 a week, like that's some big, that's some good yeah. money. Yeah. So I had, a, I had a nice little payroll. I had a nice little bonus center plan. <laughs> and I was killing it, man. I was making 1500 to two grand a week at, at 11. And by the time I got 14, I bought my first car. I, I transitioned my, my business to the high school. I had my workers grow with me. And then I, I, my father came to get me and I started living with my father uh, because he was, he was in jail. My dad went to prison when I was a kid and he got out around the time I was in high school. So when he got out of prison, he came and got me and made me live with him. Even though I didn't want to live with him, my mom was fun. She had no rules. <laughs> daddy was super strict so I took my business to high school and you know he I was in the hood with my mom and my dad made a way for himself when he got out of prison and and, and went to the suburbs so now I understood that hey you know people behind guarded gates they'll pay a little bit more money for candy so my prices doubled so my ROI just went all the way up so it was beautiful man and I started making money from that and candy sales. That was the first time I ever got put out of business. The schools were saying how much money I was killing it. Every day it used to come, hey, Mr. Smith, we got one of your workers. And I used to go into detention. I used to open the door. It's like, yo, what happened? He was like, man, they got me, man. They got me. So they take all my candy, take all my product, man. It was it was horrible when it came to that. But yeah, it was good. That That's when I learned it was hard to come by good employees. Um, because I had my family working for me first. That didn't work out. My brother, <laughs> mama, 
inventory. It was all bad. And uh, and then a lot of guys, they, they would eat the candy sometime. My money would be short, like everything. So I learned a lot of stuff at a young age on how to deal with people and employees and how to maneuver through those challenges. So, yeah, it was, it was pretty good. I, and the schools realized how much money I was making, and I got put out of business because then they put vending machines in. <laughs> Take me out. And then I was like, oh, man, and I felt like it was a battle. I was like, let me go cut the cords. So I cut the cords. <laughs> like, hi, it's war. They're trying to put me out of business. And then I stopped putting paper in the quarter slots. Man. <laughs> then they put a camera by every vending machine, and I was officially out of business. Wow. That's, that's a wild story, man. I mean, you say 1500 to two grand a week. That's, I mean, that's more than the average American makes at a, at a nine to five. Yeah. Yeah, it was cool. And it was great because my 48, so I made $48 off of uh, a sneaker box that came with 48 packs. And within the 48 packs, I, I only paid seven bucks for it. Wow. Yeah. That's, that's some nice margins right there. I mean, <laughs> yeah, exactly. it was, it was pretty, it was pretty good, man. I had a lot of money at a young age. I had cell phones. I had, you know, before kids, even my mom didn't have a, even have a cell phone i had two cell phones at beepers two-way pagers I had my own clothes car all that <laughs> uh, that's ridiculous man that's absolutely ridiculous that awesome, so like man. so talk to us about how that transitioned into the music industry like how did you go from that to to making a making an appearance there yeah so i was always an entertainer from the third from from third grade i was always in a group a dance group and my passion was always in dancing and entertaining just seeing the females just go crazy and like you know that look <laughs> so, uh, but yeah so I was always in a dance group and then when I got into middle school I started I started dancing with my brothers on stage because my father was like hey you know get on stage and dance with your brother and one of our producers at the time who was doing a lot of production for our music his name was Jim Johnson he's he did some of the biggest hits of all time right now for some of the biggest artists so but back then at the time he was like you should get a speck of verse and they gave me one verse oh my god and the ladies went crazy it was like ah they started screaming and after that as soon as the show ended it was all right we're gonna put spec on the whole album so i went from one verse to like a whole album full of verses so yeah it was it was uh it was pretty good so once we did that i, I became like one of the the lead lead guys in the group and uh by the time we got to high school as soon as i graduated my the the single of the group just took off and went viral it was called grind on me uh, and we changed our name to Pretty Ricky because our name was Pretty Ricky and the Mavericks, but it was a country group named the Mavericks. So we couldn't use it because it was a conflict. So we just kept the name Pretty Ricky. And um, yeah, as a group. And when we came out in 2005 is when the, the song took off. In January, the song took off. In February, we did the album. March, we put out the album. By the time several months went by, we went platinum. The single went platinum. Uh, the second single went platinum, Your Body. And you know, the funny thing is throughout this process, I was always an entrepreneur. Like I was always in the music and entrepreneurship, music, entrepreneurship. I had my workers selling candy, but I was performing at nighttime, sometimes three times, three shows a day, like crazy night and day shows. So like I was all, even now I'm still doing music. I just got off the second highest grossing tour of the year. And now I got 
one of the fastest growing companies in America, right? And the best, one of the best probably held companies in America by Entrepreneur 360, you know, Entrepreneur Magazine and ranked on that list. So it's like killing it on both sides, I feel, is, is, is always great for me to see both reactions. And now I'm on one of the biggest, what it is, uh, reality shows called Loving Hip Hop for Hollywood season and Miami season. We hit number one for the franchise. Man, so I mean, I gotta ask, like, how do you how do you balance all this stuff? Like, how are you how are you excelling in all these different areas at the same time? I just feel like it's a blueprint. It's a blueprint, it's a proven blueprint for success, and I feel like it works in every every aspect of life. Like, you'll see somebody like Elon Musk become successful as hell in everything he launches: SpaceX, Tesla, PayPal. Like, you know, I feel like he has a formula, and I'm not Elon Musk yet. Keyword yet. Yep. Uh, but I feel like it's just it's just a formula that works for you as a person. And a lot of times you can duplicate that person, uh, that formula for other people. And that's why I created even my program. I was our academy, you know, which I transitioned the name to Spectacular Academy. And just so you really just see what I'm doing for myself and you can implement it for your own self. So my formula of success, I packaged it all up so people can take advantage of it at the same time. Uh, and and do the things that I'm doing if you're willing to put the work in because I mean sometimes I might sleep two hours in a day you know I might sleep four hours like it's real work getting put behind the formula but at least I can still give you what works for me to be successful in all these areas uh, and it's always improvement it's always ways to grow even above and beyond of where I'm at right now, you know? And that's why I started podcast too, to get the word out. So my podcast is called The Spectacular Experience. We hit number one on the charts in music and uh, in the category of music out of, you know, millions of, of podcasts, you know? So it's all about the formula, hard work, dedication, accountability, and making sure that you don't procrastinate on the things that you know need to be done, prioritizing. So I, I'm a strong believer. If, if I feel like I don't want to do it and I know I'm supposed to do it, I do it. If I tell myself like, man, I don't want to do this. That's my trigger. Like my, my inside voice say, hi, you shouldn't have said it. Get up and go do it. And I get up and go do it. It's like, man, I don't feel like going to the gym. I say, Why did I say that? I, I got to get up. I got to get to the gym now. So I kind of live by certain mantras. And it works for me, man. How do you how do you develop that? First of all, like self-discipline to be like, as soon as you say you're not going to do it, then you get up and go do it. Because a lot of people will like sit there and they'll be like, I'm not going to, I don't want to go to the gym. And then they'll keep sitting there on the couch and they won't go to the gym. So like, how do you, how do you start putting that together? You know, it's crazy. I always get asked this question and, and it seems so simple to me, but yeah. I guess that that's what makes someone great at what they do when it comes easy for you, but harder for the next man. And I have an agreement with myself, right? It's like going showing up to a meeting. You want to show up to a meeting late, but if you had a meeting with yourself, would you show up to a meeting late or would you respect your time, right? As a person and as an individual. So I treat myself like a business, like a partnership, right? Excuse me. I treat myself like a partnership. So if I was to, or high, my highest paying client is myself. So if you had your highest paying client and you told your client you was going to go to the gym with them and you was going to land a million dollar deal, are you going to end up at that gym? Even though you don't want to go to that gym? Hell yeah. You're going to be like, what time we got to be at? Eight o'clock? All right, I'll be there at eight, uh, 7.50. I'll be at 10 minutes early because I'm not messing up this million dollar deal. I know for sure 
I'm gonna cash out on this this client. All I need to do is get to the gym. So I treat myself like that, man, and and I uh, and I have accountability for myself. I feel like I deserve the best, and I deserve to look the best or become the best. And the only way for me to do that and become the best is for me as a person, as an individual, to have some type of accountability for myself and for my actions and the things that I know I need to do. I know I need to consistently learn. I know I need to go and work out and I know health is wealth. You know, I know that relationships are everything not to, uh, not to put my relationships on the line for short-term gains. So it's like a lot of things, a lot of things that I live by my, my core values as a person and I stick to it, stay true to it. Mm. I really like that idea of, of, of thinking about yourself as like your highest paying client, because like, I mean, you are like, you are the one that's going to, to determine where you're going to get to. And you need to treat that relationship as, as an important relationship and as a, a like the most important relationship. Cause like if, if that gets messed up, like if you don't have accountability, if you don't have trust with yourself, then that just screws with everything, man. Cause if you can't even trust yourself, then like you're, you're just, you're just screwed up, you know? Exactly. exactly. It's like, it's a quote. I forgot who said it. Well, I, I don't even know if I'm even going to butcher the quote, but it's basically like, if you can't, how are you going to make somebody else happy if you can't even make yourself happy? Yeah. It all starts with yourself. Hmm. 100%. So you talked about this, this formula that you've developed for yourself. I mean, can you talk to us about that process of like getting to, to understand how like this this formula that you can now apply to so many different areas? Like, how did you how did you get there? Like, what's the process look like for that? The process is pretty much just to recap on what I said previously is like accountability, right? Within yourself and accountability partners, which is amazing for me because not only I have a contract with myself, but you know, I, I have a verbal contract with my accountability partner, somebody who wants to be, um, not even wants to be somebody who's on the same mission as you. Right. They want to become better no matter if they if they have more money than you, no matter if they have less money than you, no matter if they're more successful than you. It doesn't really matter. They're on the same mission as you as an individual and they want to grow. They want to leave themselves accountable for the things that they know is going to make an impact in their life. And you put this on on a list of things that you want to accomplish for the week and you check in once a week. It might be checking in every Tuesday at 12 p.m. Pacific time zone and we get on a call if we too busy because we're too busy entrepreneurs we can send a text and just check in right quick but it's usually a call check in accountability uh, another thing is figuring out what is the most important thing to accomplish for the next day coming up so at nighttime I come up with a list of things that I want to accomplish the next day which is called a power list from uh, Andy Fasella and I figure out my power list. Like, what do I want to accomplish the next day? And when I understand what I need to do for the next day, I can, I can better prepare myself to get that done. So now I'm prioritizing because what a lot of people do is they go into the day, not even knowing what the hell they need to do. And a whole day go by, you're like, yo, what the hell did I do all day? Right. Versus someone who is being more intentional on the things that they're going to do for the day. They can accomplish more because now it's top of mind because, you know, for sure, this small list that you got a five things, you have to accomplish those things for that day. And then you feel like you accomplished something. So that gives you more, more drive and more, more. What's the word I'm looking for? I mean, that clarity, you know, 
Yeah, more clarity, but I'm looking for a certain word. Whatever. I can't remember. I can't I can't think of a word right now, but it just mm-hmm. just makes you more proud of yourself. Like yeah. damn, I just I just accomplished that. And it and it gives you that morale that you need. And once you have that, then you're able to gain momentum. When you have momentum, you can break through anything with momentum. But if you don't have no momentum, like no matter the smallest thing can stop you. Right. I think um Mario Arizart talks about this and uh, he's one of my friends and you know, he's, he's super powerful when it comes to leadership. Mm-hmm. And what he talks about is, is a, is a actual train If a train go and it's going full speed. It can break through anything. You can put a, you can put an 18 wheeler at a smash right through it because it has momentum. That momentum is going, it's going, it's going. Now, if you can do do uh, you can put as something as small as a little log, and with that train not having no momentum, just going at the minimum pace, that little log can stop that big old train. So mm-hmm. no matter what you do, no matter how big you are, how great you are, the train is huge. A great like a train is amazing. Like it carries all these loads and is like travels hundreds of miles per hour. And if a law, a little old law, you put it on here with no momentum, it stops it completely in its tracks. But when it's going full speed and you have all this greatness and all these different components added to it, boom, make a bust through anything. So my point of saying that is with momentum, you can accomplish anything. So once you get that momentum and knowing what you got to do the next day, what you got to do the next day, all of a sudden you're accomplishing all these things back to back to back to back. And now you're looking at the end of the month or the end of the year, you're like, holy smokes. You know, I just did five things times 365 days. So that's 365 times five on a task that you accomplished that was important. Keyword is important and priority. And now you, you're able to see the needle move in your life. Man, I mean, you could preach on that all day. I got my book over here. Um, that's got my um, power list every day. I got three things a day that I do um, every single day. And, and that's, that's been so critical to, to make that shift and really like prioritize, like you said, what's important and what's actually going to give you momentum each day. Now I want to, I want you to speak to the person who feels like they're stalled out right now. Like they're, they feel like they're not making progress. They feel like they don't know what direction they're headed in. How can you start to get momentum from this place of, of really uncertainty of like, you don't even know what direction you want to be going in. So like, how do you, how do you start building momentum for basically the, the ground? So how you can build momentum is figuring out, first of all, what you want to do, what makes you happy. A lot of people go into things for money. And when you do that, you already kind of lost because when things go wrong, you're, you're not in it for the love. So when the money is not there, you have no motivation to keep going because money is not a factor. And I know the most successful people in the world say, don't focus on money. Don't focus on money. If you focus on the product, then you're able to see the growth that you want is going to make money because the product is amazing. The, the service is amazing or the brand is amazing because you hundred percent focused on that and not necessarily the money. And when you put focus on that, then you're able to not be stuck because you're doing what you love to do. So in entrepreneurship, it's going to be times where you're going to feel like, man, just giving up. But the love and passion you have for it won't let you. But if it's all about the money, when things hit the fan, you have no reason to keep going because the money's not there. You're on to the next. And now you, you find yourself chasing every shiny object 
And at that point, you're just a person who's just wanna, one day you wanna rap. Next day you wanna, next day you wanna be a, 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 have a lawn service. Next day you wanna sell t-shirts. And the next day, like, cause you have no passion behind what you're doing. So you're never, you're just gonna be running in circles. It's like a, a hamster wheel. Like you just, you're running, you're moving, but you're not moving in nowhere, no direction at all. So I feel that have to figure out what exactly you want to do. Don't, don't, do not make money an object. It shouldn't be an object. Figure out what you want to conquer and find someone who has done what you already want to do. And if that's a mentor, if that's Googling them and researching them and figure out how they became successful in life, that's it. Figuring out that and investing yourself. Constantly learn, 24-7. Learn, 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 learn. Learn as much as you, you can learn. Keep an open mind. Never feel like you know it all. And surround yourself around people who is on the same mission as you. And you will find that formula alone of reading. At least take 15 minutes a day and read something. It has to be something. It might be a podcast or I try to do both. I try to do at least a minimum of 15 minutes of podcast, a minimum of 15 minutes of, of reading, or at least listen to one episode on a podcast and, or, and read 15 minutes of whatever book, whatever book I feel like I'm in the mood for. And I have a list of books. And depending on how, what I'm feeling, I might feel like I'm in a marketing mood. I might feel like I'm in a leadership mood, self-development mood. Whatever mood I'm in, that's what type of book I, I indulge in at that time. And you'll be surprised. You start with 15 minutes and all of a sudden you done got through an hour, two hours worth of reading because you just got in that flow. So it's all, about, it's all about starting. I think another thing is people try to wait till they got all the best ammunition, all the best tools to go out and execute on something in reality, it'll never be perfect. It'll never be, you'll never have every last tool you need to start something. So once you come in and you actually focus on that, focus on the product, focus on what you have at the time, and as you get better, you actually start, you actually start getting some of the tools that she was looking to start with. And you're like, okay, cool. You know, if I need it, if I have a, I want to start a car service and I start off with a regular old Lincoln car, the money that I generated from that Lincoln car, now I can go get an Escalade. Then the money I generated from that Escalade, now I'm going to go get a limo. And then like you start building, not say, hey, I want to start once I get an Escalade, a limo and a, a Lincoln town car. Then you'll never get nowhere because you, you're steady waiting for that perfect moment. And just to even continue, continue even on that, that end of talking about how, like just to rewind a little bit on how as an entrepreneur, you have to have love for it. Jeff Bezos, he didn't make money in Amazon in like almost like the first five years of starting Amazon, if not longer. People was laughing at him, saying, hey, you know, you can't make money off of this. It's interviews. Oh, my God. It's interviews online that people were telling him he was crazy and it wasn't, it wasn't gonna, uh, Amazon wasn't going to work. I know that interview just feel like, feels like crap right now. Yeah. He was going to go bankrupt two, three times, like, to his company was about to get closed down because he didn't have enough money. And he had to rush, like he, like 
right at a point where he was going to go bankrupt, something happened, and boom, he got capital, and he, he was able to keep going. So just imagine, that's the number one company in the world right now. He's the richest man in the world. If he can go bankrupt or potentially go bankrupt, if people didn't believe in his project and told him it wasn't going to work, if he can go the first five to ten years without making any money, what would you sacrifice? Who's telling you that your product is not going to work? Who's telling you that, you know, uh, you know, who's telling you that the things that you believe in is not possible? Or who's telling you like, listen, you might as well quit because it ain't making no money or you're losing everything for this. But if you truly believe in something and your heart and passion in, is into it, you could become the next Jeff Bezos because he went through all that. 100%. I mean, you got to look at, you got to look at who's the person telling you that too, and figure out like, are they, are they even want to speak on that subject? Because a lot of people's families, they won't be supportive to them. They'll tell them that's never going to work. You're never going to make money with that. You can't succeed with that online stuff. And I mean, that's just how they were brought up. Like they don't, they don't understand the system. They don't understand how it works. So like, that's, that's why they think that. But in reality, like they, they're not the ones that are, that are the experts in the field that you should be taking your information from. Yeah, they're not equipped with the knowledge to give you the right feedback. Uh, one of the books that's amazing that I think every entrepreneur should read is The Richest Man in Babylon. Yes. And it talks about that. It talks about getting advice from people who are not an expert in the thing that you want to get involved in. So he's like, hey, if you want to invest, why would you go get expert advice from a shoemaker when you're investing on real estate? And, he, and the guy in The Richest Man in Babylon went to go invest with the shoemaker. And then he came back to The Richest Man in Babylon and asked how did things go. He lost all his money. So he, the, the, the book teaches about, and this is just one thing. It's like many lessons in the book. But that one lesson was do not take advice or expert, quote unquote, expert advice from people who have not done what you want to do. You want to be an expert, you want to invest in real estate, go to someone who's conquered the real estate market to get advice from them. And not only get advice from them, but once you get advice from them, go to somebody else who conquered the, the, the real estate niche and then reconcile his advice to make sure what he just told you was a, was a fact. So checks and balances, and make sure you're taking advice from people who already are successful or are someone who's accomplishing the thing that you're trying to accomplish and not take advice from people that are not an expert in the field that you're trying to get into. Not saying that they won't have anything valuable to say at times because everybody can teach you about generic stuff. But if, they want, if they're going to teach you about real estate, but they never did anything with real estate ever before, it's like, why am I listening to you? Now, if it's just generic advice on, you know, accountability and like, you know, who to talk to or like, that's different. 100%. So one thing that I'm curious about your thoughts on is like, I mean, man, you've been featured in a lot of big publications from like entrepreneurs to like a bunch of other ones. And, and I'm just curious because I know there's a lot of people out there who are like trying to get themselves featured in all these magazines and such. I mean, do you, do you think that that's like a worthwhile pursuit for a young entrepreneur just getting started? Do you think that's where they should be focusing their attention? Do you think that's been beneficial for you? Or do you think there are other things that they should be focusing on? Yeah, I don't, I don't think like 
if you're doing amazing work, they're going to reach out to you. And once you do amazing work and you feel like you're at a point where you need some type of recognition for it, closed mouths don't get fed. So once you feel like you're at that point and you have something worth writing about or worth publicizing, then you can reach out to someone who has written articles that's similar to you. Because if you reach out to someone who writes about, let's say, shoemaking, I'm going to just go back to that. They would not write about your real estate business. They write about shoemaking businesses. So you want to go and find an actual writer whose focus is on your niche and create a relationship with them. You know, don't even ask for nothing, you know, just, just, um, you know, don't, don't ask for nothing until it's that time to ask for something. Right. So make sure my rule of thumb is, and I talk about this in my podcast or my mentees, the rule is uh, the 10 rule for me, give 10 things before you ask for one thing. So make sure you can help this person out. You can reach out to them, DM them or email them and say, Hey, you know, go read some of their work and say, Hey, when you said this on this article, man, this was dope. You know, I really enjoyed this and uh, I'm looking forward to more content. Boom. They write something else. You, you know, you wait a couple months later. It's like, Oh man, I've just seen another piece you just wrote. Yo, when you said this, I applied this and bro, you were spot on the money. And then they start getting used to your face. Then they start, well, what are you doing? What are you up to? It's, oh, yeah, you know, I've got this going on, blah, blah, blah. Might stop right there. Then, boom, you get another another article or whatever. Now you follow them. You re, uh, repost some of their stuff, share some of their content, tag them in it. Like, it's a whole process, like, building any relationship. And then when you finally do ask them for something, after you did 10 things or gave them value in 10 ways, then you say, hey, you know, what, what do you think about uh, an article, man? You know, I haven't been featured in any publications before, you know, and I think that uh, you would probably be the best person to point me in the right direction to get in the article. And they might say, hey, you know what? I'll just do the article. Like, I like what you're doing, blah, blah, blah. Or they might give you a contact of someone who can write an article for you. So it's just all about like that. Mm, I love that so much, especially that 10 rule of like giving 10 things because so many people rush into relationships online in, in ways they would never rush into relationships in person. I mean, like they're going in for the kill right away when in reality, like you would never just walk up to someone on the street and be like, Hey, will you give me this? It's like, that's just like, nobody, nobody does that. But online it's like you DM someone and you're like, Hey, can you give me this for free? Or like, Hey, can you do this work for me? Or Hey, can you do this? And it's like, what, what are you doing, man? Like you have to provide some value. You have to build that relationship before they're going to want to do anything with you. So I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah. So yeah. Good stuff. Mm, absolutely, absolutely. So I'm also curious, man, before we wrap this up, I want to hear more about um, the, the team building process because you've been building teams, man, like you said, since the age of about 11 years old. So what have you learned throughout building that team and then all the teams you've built since that, that you think would be beneficial for our listeners who are just getting started in expanding their own businesses? Yeah, man, I think the best thing to do with building teams is first finding people who believe in you. It might start off with family and friends and people who actually believe in your vision, your project, or get other people who, who are on the same mission when it comes to building the same type of things that you're building. Maybe it might be a partner, right? Somebody who, who already are doing the things that you want to do, and maybe you guys go into partnership together and start something new on the side. Or maybe it's 
joining a program and getting in one of these Facebook groups that you get access to and find somebody who in that Facebook group who's trying to do the same thing similar and you guys partner together or maybe is hiring somebody from that Facebook group who already are above uh, the average level when it comes to the material that's in that program. And just building your community like that, I think is good. Mastermind groups and, uh, and just getting, getting different feedback from other individuals on how they started their groups, or how do they start their, their uh, supporters and followers that, that actually currently work for them, like their first five hires figuring that out. This is all great stuff because before when I first started, we didn't have like courses and programs and learning from people who already accomplished all these things. All we had was books. Now people have free podcasts. You have programs that guys are making a hundred million dollars a year or, you know, millions a year are giving you their formula. So even if you get that program, you learn two to three nuggets that you could apply into your business. It's worth the investment. And you get into these Facebook groups where you got other people who who is interested in the same exact thing that you're interested in. And boom, you got more friends that's on the same mission as you. Boom. Now you you become friends with them. You take them offline. You go have lunch, dinner, fly in, go see them. Or when they come to your city and, you know, you guys connect and keep in touch online. Like, I didn't have none of this stuff. Podcasts, like, man, that, that alone is so valuable because it's free, right? They, you're not charging them listen to this they just click subscribe and they download the, the episode and they listen to everything i'm saying that took me millions of dollars to learn and learning that at a drop of a dime so i just feel like getting into these facebook groups purchasing programs you know uh finding family or friends that believe in your vision and you know figure out ways that you can get them involved or partner with somebody from either these Facebook groups or masterminds or somebody who already accomplished the things that you want to accomplish and see if they want to do an outside business or even join forces with them and start with their business. And um, yeah, and, and or reach out if you already financially stable and already have a business and you want to get some top talent, you can actually reach out. You know, LinkedIn is great for that. Reach out and say the same thing like you would do with the, the article uh, blogger and say, hey, you know anyone who's looking for a paid media position? And of course they do pay media, you know they do pay media, but you're reaching out and you're just asking the question. You know, it's like, hey, you know, I'm, I'm, this is my company, my name, my company name is A, B, and C, we do blah, blah, blah. And I mean, I seen what you did over here at this company, I'm so amazed that of course, do your homework, get some values, like, yo, you know, I implemented this and it was dope and, you know, uh, I feel like you'll be the perfect person to ask, you know, do you know anybody who's in the same space as you who's looking for a job in paid media? That person might say, well, you know what? I'm looking for a job. You know, I'm looking to transition from my company I'm at right now and I'm looking for a, a better opportunity. And then you just pay them more. Or you give them, you know, uh, figure out how to give them, you know, equity in the company and make it vest. Right. Well, they don't get it right on the spot, but they have to work for the equity that they're getting and create partnerships. And it's a lot of ways, man, to build. But if you're just really starting out, I would recommend a book for our work week and get some VAs, uh, virtual assistants. Yeah. You can get them from the Philippines. If you're doing customer support or like you need a personal assistant, it's a lot of companies that have a bunch of VAs under their belt. So you can just focus on one company that has various um, type of VAs. It might be website designs or development. It might be personal assistant. It might be, you know, paid media, whatever, whatever it is. 
and you can start finding VAs on a website called Upwork and a website called Fiverr. And you can actually go and find some VAs on there and really accomplish what you need to accomplish. I'm man, huge advocate of VAs. VAs are like the back end of my entire business, man. I've got like uh, coming up on five, I think right now that, that do various different things, whether that's social media, I mean, editing this podcast, distributing this podcast, like it's all off my plate. It saves me so much time and it lets me focus big picture um, that, that I'm, I'm just, I'm a huge advocate of like taking those to expand your business. Cause it's very cost effective as well, man. Like you said, hiring overseas, um, the, the cost of living is just so different that it just economically makes so much sense. Yeah. Like my VA, he's from India and he just bought a house off of what we pay him. Right. Yep. And him $6 an hour and he bought a house. Right. It's just like the money they're balling over there was six bucks US. It's just like, you know, I, of course I have VAs that get paid more. Some of my VAs could go all the way up to 30 bucks. But if I was to hire somebody in the States for that position, I would probably be high, you know, well, not 30 bucks. Hold on. <laughs> What's the highest? I don't know. I don't know the price, but basically the point I'm making is the amount of money that I would actually pay a VA in the Philippines or India who has a MBA degree or, um, or a master's degree. If I was to pay those same individuals here, I would be paying time to five the amount of money. These yeah. college educated you know, workers, right? They're not entrepreneurs, college-educated workers. And they'll come in and execute on your vision for, you know, pennies on the dollars compared to U.S. Uh, workers and employees. 100%. Yeah. 100%. Spectacular. You've been dropping so much value on the podcast, man. I'm extremely grateful for that. Um, I do have some questions now that I like to ask all of my guests. So you feeling ready for those? Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. First of which is, what is something that uh, genuinely has you excited right now? My program, you know, Spectacular Academy and everything that we're doing right now. And I know the impact that we're making. We have millionaire earners teaching their skill set. And that's not something that you would see in schools. You know, you have professors that haven't even accomplished the things that they're talking about. It's like going to a financial advisor that's not rich. It's like, what are you, what are you advising me on? <laughs> You haven't even done this for yourself. Like I'm a prime believer in having people who accomplish the things that you want to accomplish in life. And that's what these guys are doing. All my coaches and teachers are people who are already gener generating seven figures, eight figures in their own business right now. These are things that's working right now, not no caveman stuff out of a textbook. These are things, hacks, you know, different things that you can apply in your business that's absolutely crushing it right now. So leadership, you know, growing your social media brand, marketing on your social media brand, um, you know, um, money financing. What's the difference between a balance sheet, cash flow, like all these different things that you don't know. What's the difference between an LLC and an S Corp and how you do your taxes and save money the legal way. So you have to pay Uncle Sam all his money. I mean, it's so many things, man. Leadership, how to sell through personalities, like how to deal with people, like all these different things that make such a huge impact in business and then your in your regular life is cool. Like it's, it's amazing. And you can go to uh, helpmegoviral.com and it'll take you to my free training. We'll actually give an hour and 30 minutes worth of my time 
free training uh, and you guys can go and take advantage of that. It's absolutely free. And I talk about my program towards the end of it. So if you guys want to join, sometimes uh, I only have like 100 spots available probably once a month. I try to take on 100 people, but sometimes you never know. I might, I might pause it for like six months to a year and stop taking applications for people who want to join the program. So it all depends, man. I, I really want to stay you know, real, real intimate and making sure everybody who's joining the program can really see the results that they want. My whole, my whole um, idea is to create at least 100 millionaires by the end of 2020. So that's my goal. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm a strong believer I can make it happen. We already have students that's crushing it in the business and, you know, launching products from scratch. They don't know a lot of our students are, are people who hate nine to five jobs. They're not really the nine to five type. You know, they don't want to build somebody else's dream. They want to build their own dream. You know, they want to figure out how to grow their social platform because it's just confused. They don't know how to do it. And a lot of our students are finding a lot of, a lot of success and the things that we're doing right now for them when it comes to giving them the Q&A coaching every single week to get access to my team. Uh, and, you know, we're fast growing companies, one of the fastest growing companies in America on the Inc. 5000 list. We rank number 262 at 1600% growth. So from that, just implementing everything from that. I actually went to Harvard Business School just to see what they was teaching, to see what I could actually add into my program. So I took some of the things that you know, I learned from Harvard Business School and, you know, paid all this money to go there and try to figure out ways that I can add more value to my program. So not only I have the millionaire teachers, I have my, my, my team teaching in there, the mentoring that you get weekly. And also you get access to me in the program. I'm always in our Facebook group and, and uh, just trying to add as much value as possible. So that's what I'm really excited about. Awesome. I mean, that's, that's stuff to be excited about right there. Um, I'm also curious whether you have any habits that have served you particularly well, either in your business or your lifestyle. Habits? I would definitely say reading. Reading. And um, I like to go to the gym. But the only reason why I like going to the gym is because I get to read. <laughs> you know, I'm an audio, I'm an audio visual person. So I'm not physically holding a book, reading it. But while I'm on the treadmill, I, I'm at least on the treadmill for 45 minutes to an hour. I get to soak in at least an hour worth of knowledge every single day. And, you know, the more you learn, the more you earn. And the more you learn and, and actually execute on what you're learning is the more wealth you can build for yourself. That's the key is the execution right there. Uh, spectacular, man. I'm super appreciative of your time and you choosing to spend it here. Where can our listeners go if they want to follow up with you and learn more about what you're doing, your program, all that good stuff? Yeah, they can go to I Am Spectacular. It's on all channels. Um, I Am Spectacular on Facebook. I Am Spectacular on Twitter. I Am Spectacular on Instagram. And um, you can follow me, man. Um, we also have a phone number. If you guys want to text me, 786-661-1224. All you got to do is text a hashtag course. If you want me to send you my free training, um, you know, make sure when you do it, you do it quickly because it max out and then you got to wait a whole, you know, whatever the hell it opens back up. So just make sure if you do do it, make sure you don't procrastinate on making sure you grab your seats or whatever because it sells out all the time. Cool. Awesome. Awesome. Well, man, again, I'm super grateful for you and you choosing to spend your time here on Young Smart Money. Do you have any last uh, parting thoughts, words of wisdom, or anything you want to leave the listeners with here today? 
Yeah, man, I have a podcast. I do this all the time. Just give as much value as possible to my supporters. So my podcast is called The Spectacular Experience. Um, you can actually go and subscribe. Make sure you leave me a review. Make sure you leave a review for this podcast and make sure you tell other people who needs to hear the value that we are giving in this podcast alone. Share it, share it out and make sure you tag some people in it, post it on your stories, tag me. I am spectacular. I always repost my tags. And uh, yeah, man, just subscribe to my podcast. And I got a YouTube series coming for my podcast too. So now you're going to be able to watch me on YouTube and learn some things on YouTube also. Awesome. Well, it's been an absolute pleasure. Spectacular. Thank you so much for your time. Well, there we go. Another episode of Young Smart Money in the Books. Glad you guys were here to spend it with us um, and really soak up as much value as possible from the guest of the day. Now, if you guys haven't already left us a review on iTunes, I know I say it at the end of every single episode, but I really do love those reviews. We've got nearly 200 at this point, which is absolutely amazing. It's crazy to see that we're reaching hundreds of thousands of people with the podcast and that some of you guys have actually chosen to go out of your way, take five seconds and write us a review. It means the absolute world to me and again if you guys don't know where to find the review section because a lot of you guys hit me up and you're like i want to write your review I, I love young smart money so much but i don't know where to write the review you just scroll all the way down you go to young smart money you scroll all the way down past all the episodes past nearly 200 episodes and you find the write a review section you leave me all of your thoughts all of your genuine heartfelt comments about the show i read them all i digest them all they get me going every single day so i really appreciate that and the last thing that i want to say to you guys before we wrap up here is i want you guys to take action okay you just spent nearly an hour maybe more than an hour consuming this content and i want you guys to take action okay i really encourage you to while you're going through the show be mindful take notes really soak in the information don't just be there and let the information flow through you like let it soak in to who you are and really really find something find one thing that you can take away from this episode that you can go out there and actually apply right now in your day today okay i want you guys to stop listening for po to podcasts for the next little bit here um maybe the next 15 minutes and just think about how you can start to take action okay think about one thing that somebody said in this podcast today that you can apply to your own life and go out there and implement it okay and then let me know how it went because guys i see so many people just listening to content soaking up content all day long but they never do anything with it okay so i want you guys i don't want that to be you i want you to be the person who actually takes action so go out there take some action let me know how it goes and i will see you in the next episode